you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 241 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open this episode with a quote from the great Mahatma Gandhi. Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey! Thanks for joining me today. I hope you're well and staying positive despite the deluge of doom that seems to be never-ending at the moment. I keep being torn between wanting to keep up to date with the news as a, a global citizen and wanting to ignore what's going on to focus on the positive things in my world, in my little world. But I've been thinking maybe there's a middle ground where Whatever time you spend reading the mainstream news, you can spend the same amount of time over at something like the Good News Network or an equivalent to act as an antidote. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that Good News Network for you. They just focus on the positive stuff and there is a lot out there. It's just that we don't see it. So I hope that helps you. It helps me if you're feeling the same as I am. Anyway, Let's talk about today's show. I'm celebrating this month because the Speaking Club is five, five years. I can't believe how the time has flown. It just it seems like five minutes ago that I launched the Speaking Club, talking to myself in a little cubby hole, wondering if anyone would listen. And now the show has been downloaded in over 190 countries and It's a top 1% podcast regularly in the charts. And I thought about what I wanted to do to recognise this milestone. And since this show is all about personal and business development, I decided that I wanted to share my biggest learnings over the past five years, some of which I've already covered with you in podcast episodes and some of which I haven't. And I hope that some of the aha moments I've had Uh, and share with you here will help you too. Maybe as a new concept that gives you insight and shifts something that might be holding you back, or as a reminder for something you know, but maybe has bobbed below the surface. And where there is a companion episode where I've gone a bit deeper on this, on the point that I share, I'll point you to it in case you want to dig deeper too. Okay, let's get into the first one which is all about positioning and disruption. A few years ago, I read a book called Play Bigger, followed shortly by another one called Niche Down, both by uh, Christopher Lockheed and uh, the first one was written by some other people too. And they were both about market disruption and differentiation, about carving out a space that narrows down your offering either by how you deliver your thing, who it's for or what you offer. And the authors were suggesting that you win on being new and different, not by improving on the competition 
or by being cheaper, which is literally just a a price race to the bottom. So for many years, I'd been agonizing over how I could stand out from the market that had many, many speaking coaches. So I was keen to apply the concepts from the book to what I do. And I considered the issues that I saw in the marketplace, things that I'd experienced the first time I started a business and my own set of skills and experience. And after a while, I saw the space I needed to carve out. And that's when I created a new version of speaking coaching that I call Sparketing. And today I'm able to make it very clear that I'm different from other speaking and presentation coaches. That's because I don't just teach great presentation skills, but also how to create a talk that blends in marketing tools and techniques with stories and humor to not just inspire and engage, but to move your audience to action. Now, I know it can feel very scary to niche down and be different because you think you'll be appealing to fewer people. But the opposite is actually true. You are able to laser focus your messaging to attract more of your target audience. You're going deeper rather than narrower and broad, if that makes sense. And the process of carving out my niche gave me clarity on my offer and on the problem that I'm able to solve for people. And quite often people come to work with me on a signature talk and they haven't nailed some of this stuff down, which means that, of course, their talk won't get them the results that they want. So that's why I built a similar process to the one that I went through into the start of the Nail Your Signature Talk program. So their talk will absolutely be connecting with their audience in the right way and guiding them to the desired destination. And um, if you want to find out more about this, I would uh, suggest checking out those books and there's links in the show notes to them and also the companion episode where I go into a bit more detail on this stuff. And it's episode 95 and it's called Build Your Niche, Not Your Brand. Okay, the second aha moment I want to share came from reading another book. I, I do read a lot of books called Pitch Anything by Oren Claff. And again, if you're a regular listener, you'll have heard me talk about this concept in previous episodes when I've shared um, about the importance of engaging the crock brain for getting your message to land and getting results. And what I discovered from that book, which created many light bulb moments, is that our human brains have evolved in three stages. The oldest part of our brain, often called the reptile brain, is linked to our most primitive instincts. And that part of our mind is still the gatekeeper and in many ways, the decision maker for us. Every bit of information goes through that reptile or as I call it, croc brain which is acting like a bouncer, turning things away if they don't meet the criteria. Just like when I was young and you couldn't get into a nightclub wearing sports shoes. I think that's all changed now. Anyway, you'll probably have heard that people buy emotionally rather than logically. And that is the reptile brain in action. When that part of our brain, that croc brain is engaged, it's called hot cognition. And when the newest part of our brain, the neocortex, is engaged, which is all about logic and reasoning, that's called cold cognition. 
And what generally happens is that we make the buying decision emotionally, often before we maybe even realize it. And then we use our cold cognition to justify why we've made that decision. So when you're engaging your audience and you want them to buy into something, you've obviously first got to get the attention of that crock brain to get your foot in the door. And then you've got to trigger curiosity, desire and fear of missing out and all those good things and keep it all very simple to get that crock part of the brain bought in. And today, everything I do and teach is is now designed to create talks and content that relate to your audience at that hot cognition level. And I'll pop a a link to the book in the show notes and there's a companion episode to have a listen to and that's episode 93, The Biggest Mistake in Pitching and Presenting and How to Avoid It. And I go a bit deeper into all this stuff on there. Okay, the third important learning from me happened because I came across an article written by Avish Parashar who was actually a guest on episode 179 talking about using the power of improvisation to grow your business. But this article wasn't to do with improvisation per se. Uh, It was all to do with intention and attention. And the biggest mistake that most people make with how they use these two things that jeopardizes their goals and dreams. And it was so interesting, actually, because just yesterday when I was working with a client on their origin story, this came up. So essentially, my client hated her job and she had a dream, though, of retraining and doing something completely different. And she'd set this intention of becoming qualified and starting her own business so that she had freedom and autonomy. But initially, she placed her attention on the future that she wanted to create. And it meant that she was comparing her current situation to that future and becoming depressed and angry and frustrated because it fell short because she was where she was versus versus where she wanted to be. But eventually she realized that she had to make a switch and focus her attention on the present to look at it objectively and assess what she practically had to do to close the gap. And when she made this shift in perspective, she was able to see the job as an enabler to her getting what she wanted, allowing her to have money coming in while she retrained and giving her an opportunity to save so that she had a little nest egg when she started that business up. And quite probably like you, I've misplaced my attention so many times and I can see that I wasted months and years daydreaming, railing against reality instead of getting into action. And the bottom line is that intention and attention are partners who need each other to bring about the change you want. If you don't have an intention or a goal and you're taking action, it can feel like you're getting nowhere fast. And when you have a goal, but you avoid attention, then it's just like daydreaming or more likely moaning. So have an intention for your future, but place your attention on your present and take the next step forward. And you can listen to episode 170 called How to Avoid Drowning Your Future in the Well of Intention uh, if you want to dig a bit deeper 
into all of this stuff. And there are a couple of other things that can affect your success in getting what you desire. And those are what I want to share about next. The fourth learning point is all about letting go, both in relation to your speaking and it also applies to the things that you want in life. Again, if you're a regular listener, you will have heard me say on more than a few occasions that after you've created your talk and done the practice, once you step on stage, whether that's virtually or or in person, you have to let go of the script to be present with your audience and trust that the right words will come. If you're able to detach from the outcome and stay in the moment, there is so much less chance of your inner critic stepping on stage with you to second guess and sabotage you. And the same is true in life. When you put your intention out there, you have to let go of how and when that thing's going to happen and trust that what you desire is on the way. Now, I'm a big fan of setting goals and manifesting. And for me, manifesting is not sort of like the secret, if you like, behaving like a child at Christmas, asking for what you desire and waiting for it to magically appear without any effort on your behalf. No, it's about trusting that it will be delivered, but also taking action to play your part in making it a reality. And one of my coaches, a guy called James Wedmore, talks about this like ordering something from Amazon. Once you've placed the order, you know it's going to arrive and the how and the when aren't up to you. Unless you're, of course, paying for express shipping. Aside from that, it's not up to you. It's someone else's thing. It just, it will come. And in some ways, there is also crossover here with my previous point about intention and attention. If you can be detached about the when and the how and stay in the present, knowing you've set the intention, then it gives you space to go with the flow, confident you're being guided to the right destination. But detachment can be challenging, especially when it's linked to financial matters. But I can honestly say that every time I've manifested and been detached and allowed, you know, whatever you call it, God, source, the universe, whatever, to to sort to help out, the right thing has happened. And on this, I wanted to point you to a guest interview I did with Andrew Cap, and uh, this will give you more stuff on manifestation. It's called uh, it's episode one sixty six, and it's called Getting Results with the Law of Attraction, whether you believe in it or not. Okay, my fifth big learning is a lesson I'm still practicing because it's challenging a belief in me that runs very deep. Uh, Let me tell you about a memory I've had on a pedestal for many, many years. I want you to picture a little me, little Sarah at four years old, lots of curls, bit of a tomboy, cheeky smile at her sports day. Now, my dad was away a lot when I was small, but He was there on this day watching me in the running race and I was determined to make my dad proud. So I really wanted to win the race and I set off like a shot and I was in the lead as the finish line was just a few steps away. And that was then another child overtook me and won. 
Well, when I realised I lost, I threw myself on the floor and cried because I came second. And for many years, my dad told people that me crying because I came second was his proudest memory of me. Closely followed by him saying, you get nothing for second place. And these, as is so often the case with us, uh, things happen when we're small and they go into our core being. And this went into my core being. And I saw practically everything as a competition to be won or lost. And I think that view and the fear of coming second has held me back a lot in life. And my dad, I love him to bits. But it's, you know, your parents have these views and you, the baggage they, they've probably inherited from their parents and they pass it on to you. And my dad held the same all or nothing view about money. There was only so much to go around and you had to fight to get yours. It's fair to say that growing up, my family had a very strong scarcity mindset. In fact, I think it's only in the sort of last year or two, the word abundance has entered into my vocabulary. Um, for most of my life, the beliefs that there isn't enough to go around and everything is a competition have sabotaged my success financially and otherwise. You can sort of see it looking back. So you can imagine how it was a revelation and a big regret to discover that if you have a lack mindset and you focus on what you haven't got, you get more of the same. But it was also brilliant to finally see and buy into the alternative view that there isn't a finite amount of money, that collaboration is better than competition and there is enough to go round if you don't get in your own way. And I still struggle with aspects of this one, but I'm getting better. I don't have a companion episode on this one. But what I would recommend you do is check out James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast for lots of good stuff on, you know, manifestation, on detachment, on, you know, scarcity and abundance, all that good stuff. There you go. That's five things I've learned over the last five years. And as you can probably tell, I love learning and evolving and I equally love to pass on the good stuff to you and I just want to say if you have been following along since the beginning of this journey back in 2017 um, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the journey with me and I hope that you've had some aha moments in the last five years through this podcast too but I also hope that you don't just listen and you've put the learning into action. But if you haven't done that yet, or you've got stuck, or you need some support or coaching to get your talk nailed and get out there, then do get in touch. Because my mission is to show you how you can be yourself and a sensational speaker through sharing your stories in a talk that gets you results. And I don't want anything to stop you from realizing your potential. So there are many ways that you can continue uh, on from the podcast and work with me. And I'm thrilled to let you know that I've just created a way that you can get started on nailing your signature talk in a self-paced version of the program for just £166, which still includes support and a live coaching element. And you can find out more about that over at saraharcher.co.uk 
slash nail your talk. Thank you as ever for joining me here on the speaking club. And if you're a regular listener, do please take a couple of minutes and leave an honest rating or review for the show over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Until next time, don't forget to grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.